morning, Roxy Soxy. And good late afternoon, Tam Tam. I know. This is our catch-up sessions because I have been, I'm on the other side of the world. I mean, you are literally like, we're like polar opposites right now. Basically, you're waking up and I'm going to bed. I know. It's really difficult. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. It is. I feel like this time zone is pretty, you know, I realize that people live in places that they can do their business in because of the time zone. It's really difficult in certain parts of the world. Like it's, it's winter right now. I'm in a sweater <laughs> and you're sweating your balls off. Oh, the sun finally came out in Los Angeles. So I think it's maybe summer now. So I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I put on shorts and like a tank top. I'm like, cause who knows tomorrow it could be 60 degrees again. I know. And I feel like people have been going through a lot of seasonal depression. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've been seeing on my Instagram. And I didn't really subscribe to that belief until recently when I was feeling like slightly down. And I think it's because the lack of vitamin D and being outside and there is a a reality to seasonal depression and people feeling really low, especially around the certain time of the year. Yes. And even, I mean, even here, even though it's technically summer, we've had like no sunshine, like there it's been gray and overcast every day this year, pretty much. And I, so I totally get it. So I think it's even like extended, like the seasonal depression is Mm -hmm. going even longer than normal, Mm -hmm. you know? Cause Los Angeles is known for it's wonderful weather, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's known for people like you, you almost feel angry yourself for having any sort of low mood in Los Angeles because Mm -hmm. it is always so beautiful. And I feel like it, it almost stresses you out because the weather is so good that you don't give yourself grace and like just to stay in for the day and just Mm -hmm. chill because you feel like you have to go out because it's always (laughs) such beautiful weather. Yes, it's true. And it's like, without the weather, I'm starting to like recount and think, okay, what's good here right now? Okay. Weather's off the table. Homeless, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> crime surge, no. <laughs> it's like expensive life. You know, everything is just, it's its crazy. Everything is out of control. I do love LA. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I, when we moved from Los Angeles, I feel like it was an accidental move. It was, you know, during the pandemic and we wanted a different lifestyle and we wanted to get our kids, you know, away from the LA pressures and, then we ended up staying in um staying in Nashville and spending most of a lot of our time in in Australia as well but now that i go back after a year and a half of leaving la i'm actually shocked at how unsafe i feel mm. um and how ex- like we're talking ex- you know people go everything's expensive but we're talking like it is so ridiculously expensive that i would say anyone who's earning under gosh like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year are like barely surviving there. That's how expensive it is. I mean, near the school that our kids were at, like there is a plot of land. And honestly, I think there's a few homeless people living in that plot of land. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up on the, like how much the land was going Mm -hmm. for. It was going for 2.5 million. And it was so it's that corner slot yes. when you walk out of the school. Rundown house, tiny. right? It's a rundown, yes. knockdown house. Mm. It's on a tiny, it's a tiny mm-hmm. plot of land, and it is it is selling for, yeah, it's selling for two point five million. I mean, that's so unbelievable to me because it looks like you're right. It looks like a like an abandoned house or something. I mean, it's like falling down. But that just goes to show you, it's like 
right there in the middle of the city. And I bet somebody thinks that they can get some, you know, top dollar for it, which it'll be interesting to see if somebody can, you know. But don't you think the prices bottom out at some point? Like, because I said to Sean, I was like, okay, so let's buy, we're going to buy a place Mm -hmm. in Australia. And I was like, you know, because everything's going to increase. And he said, yeah, but at some point, like, uh, an apartment that, you know, I bought an apartment when I was 17 because I was working in film and TV and it was worth <clears throat> like $300,000, $400,000, right? It it almost tripled by the time, you know, because it was so long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, but at some point, that apartment, I don't think is ever going to be $7 million. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at some mm-hmm. point, I know there's inflation, but doesn't it just bottom out? Like it, it, it's not going to like an apartment that's 1.2 now is never going to be 7 million in 30 years. So like are the prices that we're paying worth it when I mean, how much higher can they get? Yeah, you know, it's true. I think and I think like the rest of the country is seeing that. But for some reason in Los Angeles, it's somehow the, the real estate market, it might like drop a little bit here and there, but there's never like a big like, you know, like let down or where you can, where you feel like maybe you're getting things at like a real steal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Somehow the real estate market here still seems to like top out, you know, a lot of the time. And so it's a weird, it's a weird place because you do see like everywhere else in the country, it feels like, you know, the real estate market is going down a bit, like, you know, all over the place. But for some reason here, it's just in this weird, I don't know. It's always kind of been weird here, I think. You know, I know. And I think as you get older, you know, I used to see these, um, these, I used to read magazines. I don't feel like (laughs) magazines anymore, but I used to read magazines about people saying, well, you know, I've had two kids and I've moved away from the city and I've moved away Mm. from city life. And it's the conversation that I have with my husband a lot because he's 11 years older than me and he wants to still be in the rat race of work, but he wants to live in a place that is slower. He wants Mm -hmm. to be able to breathe when he gets home and have space and not fight traffic and not fight to get into the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Whereas I still feel like I'm ready to be in that chaos. Um, Mm -hmm. I still want to be in a city. I still want to walk outside my door and like not know what's going to happen. And yes, I have more of the wherewithal to deal with the exhaustion of like finding a car park. And, and that's, it's, it's exhausting when you add it all up. And I think Mm -hmm. that when I first met Sean, we were 11 years, uh, he was 11 years older, but I was in my 20s. And now as I get older, I'm like, wow, like we have not a massive difference of opinion, but it, it does, it, the the age difference is more obvious as you get older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely, well, and I think too, they're like our men, you know, are both like pretty much like a decade older than us, you know, they're in a different season of life too. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. it starts you it's because when you're young, you know, you're young, even if they're like a bit older, you still are like in that mode. It's like before kids and like you're dating and you're going mm-hmm. out and you're being super social and like doing all the things that it's like, and then once you get married and have kids and you start getting settled with somebody like, you know, it's not as like horrible as it maybe once was, or like not the need to go out so much and have so Mm -hmm. much fun, you know? So it's like, you really kind of settle in, I feel like to who you are. So I think Mm -hmm. like, as we get older, we're going to see more of that, you know, like it's going to become more and more apparent. And I do think that when you meet a partner 15 years 
you know, I've been with my husband 16 years and I was, I didn't even know who I was in my twenties. Not really Mm -hmm. way more comfortable with who I am now, but the things Mm -hmm. that I want are different. And I'm very lucky in my relationship that we've been able to grow together. But I think when you, a lot of people get into their late thirties, forties, and even fifties, and they're like, oh my goodness, I met this person in my twenties. I'm so different. Like I, the things that I desire in my life are so different and I'm glad we grew together, but I think a lot of people don't. And that's why there are a lot of divorces. Like you see them all the time, like people in their Mm -hmm. late forties and early fifties, because they're coming into their own and they're deciding that like their life, they want their life to look a different way. Mm -hmm. But, and a lot of those people, I mean, some of them just end up staying together too, you know, and maybe, right. And maybe they're miserable or maybe they go out and cheat, or maybe they, you know, have a little side piece here and there. And it's like, you know, just to kind of get through it, you know, and I don't know, maybe at some point they all kind of come back together or maybe they live totally separate lives. I don't know. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a very hard like situation to be in, but now that we've talked a little bit about cheating and some, oh my gosh, naughtiness that you know, I had to bring it up because it is one of our favorite trash shows, and that is Vanderpump Rules. Oh, we haven't <laughs> talked about Vanderpump. I know, girl, yeah, and we, we both haven't. watch it. We both watch and it. And we got a little bit of a difference of a bit. We got into like yes. a little heated mm-hmm. match argument. We don't ever argue, but we got <laughs> a little heated text message about about the last reunion show. Um, the number three of the reunion, part three of the reunion Mm -hmm. show. Yes. Yes. Would you, uh, so basically, you know, we kind of text each other on the reunion nights and we're like, oh my gosh, did you like (laughs) see this and see that and hear that? And we're like, oh oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, because it is jam packed and full of action. If you guys have not seen the Vanderpump reunion or actually the whole season, there is a lot going on. Um, But so we watched the Vanderpump uh, reunion and we were on the third one. And spoiler alert, if you guys have not seen the show, there are two Toms in the show. One of the Toms is Tom (laughs) Sandoval, who was dating Ariana Maddox, his long-term girlfriend of almost 10 years that they live together. They have businesses together for seemingly life partners. But he went on behind her back and started hooking up with her best friend, Raquel, a.k.a. Rachel, who was engaged to a different cast member named James Kennedy. Anyway, it's a big, big, it's a good recap. It's a good recap. It's a whole thing. Um, But so Tom Sandoval and Raquel have this illicit affair for, you know, months and months and months. And um, Ariana found out. And so they picked mm-hmm. up cameras again to shoot the rest of the show, like the the ending part of the show. And then they had the reunion. But the mm-hmm. reunion was about two weeks after Ariana and the rest of the cast found out about the cheating scandal. So it was kind of still fresh on people's minds, mm-hmm. you know. So here we are now at the reunion because everyone has to do the big recap, you know. Um, and Ariana is for the first time facing off with Tom Sandoval, Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. ex, and then her best ex-best friend, Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel, who he cheated (laughs) on with. This is a great TikTok. Oh my (laughs) Lord, this is a good TikTok. This is such a good TikTok. And so here is where we're at. So we're at the reunion. It's part three. So Tannen and I had a difference of opinion, right? Okay, so So. I... 
I think that the mastermind behind all of it was Tom. I, I, yeah, let's just, okay. Let's, 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 uh, there's so much to unpack here. (laughs) People have affairs. It sucks. People have affairs. Um, People break up uh, relationships. There was no kids involved. Thank God there wasn't. But yes, people, people have affairs and it's part of, life unfortunately you would have thought that this was the first time that anyone was ever cheated on the amount of like abuse that was thrown to this girl who cheated again what she did was horrific what she did was horrible she completely ruined her obviously friendship her relationships the 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 world's or los angeles's or america's opinion of her and i get that part i think that she needs to be put in the doghouse i agree Mm -hmm. with that i think she needs to be put in the doghouse what she did was really shitty remember she's 27 i know when i was 27 i was doing some pretty fucked up shit not with relationships and cheating Mm -hmm. or anything but i was not I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I I wasn't the greatest person at at 27. Um, Did I cheat? Absolutely not. Would I ever? No. So what she did was bad. I think she's being controlled by Tom. I think he is the true definition of a narcissist. Um, I think that she is being gaslit a lot. Even at the end of the episode, she told the truth because she wants to tell the truth. I think she did fall in love with him. Mm. Uh, how she handled it I think was completely wrong she should have said to him we should tell Ariana but for all you know Tom's behind the scenes gaslighting her telling her why that's not the right thing to do let's wait Mm -hmm. for the show to finish so I think that she was subject to a lot of like emotional sort of gaslighting and abuse from Tom and I also think she's young and 27 and I think she fell in love with him okay Mm -hmm. so couple that all in together But what I saw at the reunion is, have I had horrible betrayal? Yes, never to this extent, but have I in my lifetime had horrible betrayal? Yes. But you would hope that the person that's being betrayed in front of, on national TV, to not look like she's pushing and saying such horrific things to the cheater, which is Raquel, to the point where I almost thought like if Raquel was teetering on her mental health, which I feel like she is because she's now in a facility, the words that Ariana was using, I understand that she was angry and mad, I think was so intense that it could push someone to kill themselves. And I think that it is not her job to save Raquel, but it is her job on a TV show in front of millions of people to show what it's like to show up being betrayed, to say your piece and how hurt you are, but to not literally tell someone to kill themselves. I mean, like, I mean, this is spoiler alert, but, and also a uh, trigger warning, but I mean, she, she was you like, you are nothing. You are the guard. Like you are, you are some like, and I, I get that she's upset and I get that she's angry and devastated, but all those words that she's saying, it's all coming from this horrific pain and betrayal that she's experiencing. I think that she, and the comments that I read, she did herself a disservice because I didn't look at her like a hurt person. I looked at her like obviously a victim, but someone that was capable of saying some pretty horrific things. And then what does she say in her relation? What I don't know. I just thought she could have handled it a lot better. Okay. That's my feeling. Fair enough. Because you don't want to kill mm-hmm. herself. Like, yeah. imagine she imagine she goes off 
like she's in a mental institution right now. She's 27 years old. Like do it to your guy. So, you know, I get what you're saying and I hear you. Uh, my take on it is a little bit different though. Um, for me, I'm sort of like, I took myself out of it for a minute and I put myself in Ariana's shoes and I'm seeing that this is sort of the first time she's sitting down with <clears throat> Tom and um, Raquel face to face um, together. Uh, she hadn't even, I don't think, seen Raquel face to face at this point. So this is the first time she's seeing her. And I can imagine how like emotionally triggering yeah. that must be, you know, and I think if I were her, like I would have been just probably just as angry or even maybe even more angry because I would have been like, let me at them, you know, just like I would have been like, like emotions flying out. Like I would have been angry. And I do think in my opinion, of course, I, we don't want to see anybody hurt themselves. You know, we don't want to see anybody hurt themselves. I don't want to see, you know, Raquel hurt herself or Tom or Ariana or any of them, you know, but, um, I do think that Ariana was justified in her emotion being that it was the first time she was kind of sitting with the both of them and just really like having to confront that face-to-face. -face. She also was hearing new information that she hadn't heard yet. That was, I'm sure also very triggering and upsetting regarding the affair. And I think just also watching the two of them sort of lie when she, everyone that was watching knew what they were saying was a lie, you know, like kind of watching them be squirrely and try to get their way out of things and try to, you know, just make up bullshit basically. You know, I think that, you know, I don't have a problem with the way that she acted out. Now, I definitely don't want any of them to hurt themselves. Um, I do think that Raquel made the right decision in going into treatment for mental health. Like I think she needed that, particularly if, she sort of it's every girl this sounds this sounds I'm sorry to interrupt but like that's literally every 26 year old that I know has oh. done fucked up stuff but because it's yeah. a, I think she went into mental I think she went into treatment because of the abuse from America I don't think she Probably. went into, I don't think she went into treatment because she actually thinks that she's so screwed up because I think people fall in love and I think that how she handled it was really wrong and I also feel like she was being gaslit, but I think she mm -hmm. went into treatment because of the hate. I honestly do. I don't think she went into treatment because she was like, you know, maybe I'm a screwed up person. Apparently, though, she comes from a very kind of troubled childhood. You know, I believe it was her mother that gave her up. And, um, you mm -hmm. know, so she really didn't have that mother figure. So I think she's had issues. And I think just growing up in the whole pageant system, too, you know, she's mm -hmm. taught from a young age to be competitive with other women and that you know, she needs to win. And, you know, it's all about your looks and being pretty and being attractive to men. And it's like all those things, but amplified when you're in the pageant world, it's like even more amplified, you know, because that's truly what they're basing you on, you know? So I think it was a like a, a storm of different things that kind of swirled and made this whole sort of like toxic brew. That being said, I do think that Tom has a lot of guilt in all this. I mean, obviously he was the one in the relationship, you know, and he's the one who stepped out. I think maybe the reason why so many people are so mad at Raquel is because it's, it was like Ariana's best friend and that such a betrayal. Yeah. Went to, yeah. She went to such bats for her. Like she would defend her against the other girls who then weren't particularly crazy about her. Didn't really like her, you know, mm -hmm. like she really stood up for her. And I, so I think that that just, 
added to the betrayal, you know, and there is the girl code, right? Like you would think, like you would think if you're best friends with somebody, like there's an unwritten rule. Like, I don't know, even if you break up with that guy, like if one of my best friends, like if David and I divorced and you were like, oh, guess what? And you like you and Sean divorced or whatever. And you were like, guess what? I'm dating David now. <laughs> it would be <laughs> weird. But, like, but I, and I hear you and yes. I actually like the not evolved side of me right. would be like, Yes, if I got divorced from Sean, no one can touch him. Mm -hmm. And then the evolved side of me said, if I got divorced and I was unhappy and he was unhappy, then I would hope that I would get to a point in my evolved life that I want him to be happy because I want him to thrive. Like I don't, I think this idea, and I think it's also a very westernized idea that like mm -hmm. if if i'm not happy no one else can be mm -hmm. is is what's kind of making us miserable it's this comparison thing of like oh we kind of get this little and i do sometimes so i oh my gosh i'm not there yet but we get this little kick out of like oh that person got canceled or that person mm -hmm. got failed but it doesn't and i tell this to my daughter all the time somebody else failing or somebody else losing out or somebody else having less does nothing to your life mm -hmm. it it doesn't help you in any way. If someone is so successful and a friend of yours at school who becomes a billionaire mm -hmm. or someone becomes homeless, both things mm -hmm. do nothing for you. Mm -hmm. So if Sean was miserable or if Sean was happy, it doesn't affect my life in any way. So I would hope that just say we got, to, um, don't want to put it out there because I adore him, but say we got divorced and you and you married him. Right. I would hope that at some point I'd be like, I want you to be happy and both of you, if you are, because I'm happy too. You know what I mean? And I think it's this thing that we get in society about like people failing makes us feel better because it makes, it's a reflection on ourselves or people being unhappy. Cause it's like, well, then it, then it doesn't matter if I'm unhappy or if I haven't really succeeded because that person didn't either, you know? And that's something that I'm struggling with. Yeah. Like, not struggle, not a lot, but like I do sometimes look at people and I compare myself and then you know, if it's not as perfect, I'm like, oh, phew. Oh, thank, mm -hmm. thank goodness it's not as perfect. Thank goodness, mm -hmm. because that means that, like, my life is okay then, right? And I just think the same, like, listen, what would have happened? This is what would have been, I think, if Ariana showed up at the reunion and did this, I think it would actually have sent shockwaves throughout America. And, and we would have learned a lesson. I think if she showed up and she said... You broke my heart. I am devastated. You were everything to me. And as a best friend, you were everything. This is, I don't know if I'll ever recover from this. I loved you both so much. Um, but if you guys have found love, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm devastated. And what you did was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. But I wish you the best. The whole fucking world would be like, wait, what? Like they're, what, what is that? Like what we saw is just what everyone does, which yeah. is like scream and yell and throw insults and Lala getting up and getting in her face and fuck you. And it's just like, I feel like it's everything that's wrong with society instead of just being vulnerable, vulnerable, which, which, mm -hmm. which Brene Brown talks about and walking into these situations going, I'm, I'm gutted. Like, I cannot believe this happened. Like, I cannot believe it happened. I am devastated. She didn't say that. 
Mm-hmm. She didn't say anything about that. She was like, fuck you, you piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. You're demonic. I hope you rot in hell, blah, blah, blah. You just, you know, I get it because anger comes from pain, right? Mm-hmm. But just imagine it was a teachable moment that we all could have learned from because Jenna Kramer posted something recently. She's mm-hmm. um, having a baby um, and she's met someone new and we adore her. And on her Instagram, uh, on Father's Day, she said, uh, happy Father's Day to these three great dads. And it was her new man who she's having a baby mm-hmm. with, her father, who I know she's had issues with that she talks mm-hmm. about, and her ex-husband who cheated on her multiple, multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the comments were like, oh my gosh, that is so grown up because her kids will see that. Her kids will see like, he's a good dad. He was a terrible husband, but he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really evolved. And like, I like pat her on the back for that. It's hard. Oh my mm-hmm. God, it's hard. And I can't say it's very easy for me to be on my little my little soapbox saying it now. And I don't know what I would do in the situation. I'd probably lose it at first. But I hope at some point I could find some kind of like, go, if you're not for me, you're not for me. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe as the time has progressed, like sort of the indifference sets in, right? And so she's a little more probably like, go on with yourselves, like do your thing. And hey, I mean, in a way, this whole cheating thing has been the best thing for her work-wise and professionally because she's getting all these gigs and deals and, you know, uh, you know, work opportunities and they're raising a ton of money with their merch. So I can't say that it's been all bad for her. I mean, I'm sure she wouldn't maybe wouldn't have wanted it to end this way, but there has been a silver lining for her. And I think a lot of people too now are saying, is she getting too much for all of this? Like, are these brand deals and like things that are coming in for her, has it become excessive or is it like, does she deserve all of these? Listen, I, I think it's a reality show. Actually, it's the only reality show I watch. <laughs> so I'm very new to this because you were texting me and you were like, this is what happens at the reunions, Tam, and it's normal. Yeah. And I'm like, this is too much. Like, this is like, I try to live a very peaceful kumbaya, meditational, like try to figure out how to calm myself down live. So it's like really, it's, it triggers me a lot. I think it also triggers me because I was bullied as a kid, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's a different situation. I was obviously not cheating on someone, but like, you know, bullying is bullying is bullying in any form. And, um, but, but I think it's a bigger question of why we are so addicted to the drama. I think that's the bigger question because Mm -hmm. I've been sucked in my husband Mm -hmm. who is so not this guy hasn't even watched the show, but he's now sucked into the drama on TikTok or Instagram or wherever he sees it. And it's like, why are we so addicted to the drama? What is it about it? Is it the dopamine rush we get? But we are addicted to like we get off on it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why these shows do so well. Well, I think in this particular case, not that like the exact scenario is totally relatable, but I think cheating in general and kind of going outside of a relationship is very relatable to a lot of people because it's either happened to them 
or like a good or tap into a friend of theirs or a family member or somebody they care about. So I think in that way it is, but it's like amplified so much more because it's on this TV show. And I will say that I even found myself like when it wasn't Wednesday during this time, since this whole scandal has broken, I will be listening to the podcast, like listening to what they say about it, listening to like Sheena's podcast and like Lala's podcast and like, you know, trying to get more and more. And it does become like something where you're like, I need it. I need more of it. Like I need to hear more, you know, and it's, it's, it's wild how that is because I mean, I've always kind of watched reality shows like here and there, but I've never been so tuned in as much as Mm -hmm. these last few months. And I think that too is because of like the media coverage of it. It's gone viral, like viral, not even viral. Like it's like grip the nation, you know, it's like everybody is talking about it. And like, you're saying about the husbands, like David will now watch it with me. Like we'll on a Wednesday night, sit down together and watch Vanderpump rules. You know, it's like, that's it's, it's gotten people that would have never even given two shits about it before are like tuning in and like, cannot get enough of it. You know, and I just feel like it's it is look, I'm part of it, but it is sad that we consume so much junk when like we're sitting on like a there's like there could be aliens. I think that was yesterday. Um, (laughs) They spotted aliens in (gasps) Vegas and like there's just yeah, (gasps) I I honestly feel now we're doing it. The next subject change. But I I I cannot believe I'm saying this. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I I think that we're going to at some point we're going to know that there are aliens. You think like aliens I mean, I, I, living on I a feel different like planet? Known, yeah. I feel like they've I feel like they've known for so long and I feel like it's all been hush hush for so long. And at some point with the type of technology that we have and how everyone is like we become our own newscasters and reporters because of social media like we don't need Mm -hmm. to wait for the news Mm -hmm. and i think that's why you know the u.s might be afraid of tiktok is because we we are the we are there we're sharing Mm -hmm. the news as it happens and we can't keep it secret anymore and i Mm -hmm. i i do feel like there's aliens out there they're probably looking down on us and on earth and being like these fucking idiots watch Vanderpump rules too much. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, dude, why, why, what's with the drama? Like there are, we are sitting here on a new planet and you're worrying about Raquel, Ariana and Tom, Tom, like this is just asinine. This yeah. is totally, totally too awesome. Too Wait, okay. One more quick question about Vanderpump because I, I'm curious about your take on this because we were just talking about obviously like you'd be happy if Sean like moved on and if it was like a friend, you'd hope that you were happy, you know, you were, you could be happy for him and his new relationship. But let me ask you this. Remember how Katie and Tom Schwartz, they got divorced and now he's sort of moved on and he had a makeout session with this Rachel Raquel girl, you know, and Katie was very pissed off about it because she said before or when they were divorcing, like, wait, so we to- went from aliens, like <laughs> there could be aliens, there could be aliens in the world. And you're like, hold up, hold up, hold let's up. Rewind, <laughs> rewind a bit and let's talk about 
You're asking about, yeah, yeah, no, I get Katie it. Katie and, code. yeah, the girl code, Tom Schwartz and Katie. Would you, do you think she had a right to be pissed that he made out with somebody in the friend group? I do want to like her and I, I do, but mm-hmm. I feel like her, her attitude is just coming from, she's, she's hurt and I get yeah. it. And I think when we look at these shows and realize that everyone's just hurt and they're just, mm-hmm. they're just reacting from some kind of pain. Like that's, you know, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> You divorce the guy. Mm-hmm. He can stick his banana in what, uh, like, you divorced him. Like, let him, you can't divorce someone and then be like, well, you're divorced, but X, Y, and Z, like, mm-hmm. I, you're divorced. Let the guy live. Mm-hmm. Like, let the guy live. And 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 if there's some way that he, he'll come back to you because, you know, you guys are meant to be together in a different decade, then it'll happen. But let the guy live you divorced him stop it like i have controlling issues mm-hmm. but that's just because you feel unsafe like who cares what he does i really don't i don't know if 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 sean and i got divorced hopefully it doesn't happen he can make out with you all he wants like i don't <laughs> care if i if i divorced him uh, it's over you yeah. can't control someone it's done it's not fair you can't make the you can't divorce someone and then also make the rules for what they do coming up like i don't know i don't know I find that's it all kind of petty. That's a very good no, but that is an evolved like point of view. And I totally get that. But I can't say I wouldn't be hurt if that happened, you know. But then don't divorce him. But then, then try to make it yeah. work. Like if you're yeah. gonna sit there and be hurt like for the next 10 years, and I know I understand that she loves him and I get it, and he couldn't show mm-hmm. up for her. But then at some point, like go to therapy, try to make it work or mm-hmm. don't and let it go. Do you think he, she... he can't just be in the wings being yeah. like, I hope he, I know we're divorced, but I hope he, he still comes back. Like it's done. Yeah. Do you think she divorced him at like too early or should have worked harder at it? Like, I think they probably you... worked. I think, she, I think divorce is hard. I think you get to a point where you, you've worked at it for so long and mm-hmm. you just, there's no other choice, but I think that of course there's feelings and it can be very toxic, mm-hmm. pos- like toxic positivity to be like, well, don't feel upset about it. Of course, feel those feelings, but you can't control someone once you've, once you're uncoupled, like yeah. you can't, you can't even control them in the marriage. But if you want a divorce, let them be them and let them make the decisions. The reason she divorced him in the first place is because he would make decisions like this. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not, it's not that shocking. Yeah, it's you know, not. Sh- yeah, it's not shocking. I don't know. I just feel like in life, all you can focus on is you and your emotions and how you react to things. And you know, my therapist says the best way for being happy is to uh, recalibrate your expectations mm-hmm. and control your react and control your reactivity. And if you can do both, you'll be so much happier. Expectations that he's going to do what, like not be happy or just. Re- recalibrate those expectations and 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 control how you react in the situation you'll be so much happier that's a really a good point because i was looking on i think it was on tiktok and i think it was mel robbins i was looking at her tiktok and she was saying i have the the let them theory where it says mm-hmm. oh you know your friends go. let's for an example your friends go out to lunch and they didn't invite you let them your husband didn't do the dishes like he said he was going to and he went to bed early let him, uh, the job that you want, you know, didn't come through, let it, you know, like let it go. You know, it's like, and of course there are things that are very, very, very heavy that are 
impossible to let go. But like she said, for the most part, it's and I could be I'm not I'm a little bit butchering it, I'm sure. But like the general gist of it is just let people like let people be as they are, you know, instead of trying to control them, which goes back to your point of like lower your expectations, like just control your own like reactivity. And I thought it was really interesting because she was like, just let people be who they are, you know? And not, and, and as I get older, I realize it's not always about us. Like mm-hmm. I, I, we spend so much of our twenties and probably thirties being the victim, right? It's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, how could they not invite me? And how could they mm-hmm. treat me like this? And like, why did they not respond to me? And why did they not text me back? And why didn't they come to my birthday? For all you know, that person is dealing with severe depression or mm-hmm. like something she's, they're going through a divorce. They don't want to talk about it. They're having whatever it is. It's like, uh, there's this great, I can't remember who said it to me, but like, no one cares. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I care about you. I obviously mm-hmm. care about my friends. But we, we, we're we thinking that people, like, care about us. All, like, they're always thinking about us. Right. They're, they're really not. Like, right. they're thinking about their own lives and how they can get ahead and how they can make money and how they mm-hmm. can make sure that their kids get to school and they can have clean clothes and, mm-hmm. and buy, buy, you know, food and put it on the table. Like, everyone has so much pressure, especially these days that we just think that we're just sitting here being like, oh, they're, 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 they're not texting us back. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost a friend. I got really close to this girl about a year ago, mm-hmm. but two years ago, about a year and a half ago. And we were like close, like thick as thieves. You know, when you meet someone, you're like, oh my God, they're my person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had two kids at the, at the time. So I had both my kids and Lennon was young. She was mm-hmm. like one and a half and Phoenix was five. And I was just really overwhelmed. I was, we were traveling us during COVID mm-hmm. and we came to Brisbane and I asked her what were good restaurants here. Cause I didn't like, I'm a foodie and I love food. And she wrote this whole list of restaurants. And I can't remember at the time, but like, I think that in that moment, Lennon was screaming about her legs or whatever. So I forgot to text her back. She then unfriended me on Instagram, Facebook, all these things, right? So I found that to be strange. So I messaged her and I said, what's going on? She sent a diatribe of like, my time is so important. It's like, how could you make, like, you asked for restaurants and you I wrote all this stuff and I did research. And I was like, I'm really sorry. It was not a targeted uh, attack to like not respond I was just so overwhelmed in that moment and with my kids that I just forgot and we were never friends again and I thought to myself how sad that someone lost a friendship over something so minimal but then I I accepted it and I was like she must have her own trauma issues about people responding to her and that's something that I can't fix for her yeah you know no. I mean? like I, I I can only say sorry mm-hmm. yeah you can only say sorry you can't like she acted in a way that for whatever reason is like, like you're saying, it's like out of it. Yeah. Triggered her. It was out of your control. Like you can't really, you can't do anything. I mean, you said you were sorry. You apologized. I mean, you can't reverse time. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like, what more can you do? You know? Yeah. And you just realize that so many people are struggling with their own Mm -hmm. things that they probably don't talk about. And, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like, I don't know, as I get older and maybe as I'm getting into my next decade soon, it's just I I've let go a lot of all this control I have with relationships. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think that that like that's truly like the key to part of part of the key to happiness, at least, is like 
not trying to control. I think like younger in the twenties and in the thirties. And like, when you're kind of like coming into your own, you really feel like you have to, um, you know, try to control as many variables in your life as you can. Cause you probably feel like we all feel like out of control, right? It's like, we're kind of figuring out who we are. We're figuring out yeah. where our, you know, where our, you know, direction we're going in life and all those things. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's a really, you feel like very not in control during that time. So probably more control is like, is what you do. But as you get older, it's true. You just sit there and you say, you know what? They're going to do what they're going to do, you know, or they're going to be who they are, whoever they are. And they're going to, you know, make the choices that they're going to make. And like the sooner I can kind of let go of like that, that's not my responsibility, you know, like, yep. Exactly. Like they're going to do, and that's their life and good for them. Let them do, you know, what they want to do. As long as it's not like directly harming me or my child or, you know, something like that, where it's like a violent or something like that kind of a situation, you know, let them, it's just like, let them do it because they're going to do it. And it's like, I think like you're saying the, the sooner we all kind of figure out that we can only control our own selves, like not even our kids, not even our kids, you know? that's the thing, not even our kids. So it's, it's, it's a hard realization. And, but I do think like the older I've gotten, like the more it's starting to like sink in for me. I'm like, you know what? Things that used to bother me so much before I'm like, what can you do? What can you do? You know? Okay. So back to aliens. (laughs) Yes, girl. Give me alien. Give me alien talk. Do you think, (laughs) do you think there are aliens? Okay. I feel like being a lifelong fan of E.T., <laughs> you do loving feel. that movie, I do feel like there are aliens. Now, are they friendly aliens? Are they like, you know, aliens that don't like us? I like, I don't know, like, where they are on that spectrum. Like, would they be good for us to meet up with? I don't know. Like, what if they come to the... Do you think they want to hurt us? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like, it's so um, like the, it's, it's such a broad, like kind of like open idea to me that I like, I don't know. Like, I would hope that they wouldn't want to hurt us. Like, I would hope that they would want to be friends with us, but who knows, maybe they've been watching us for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, they've been watching us stupid, stupid ass movies being like, dude, we don't look like that. So dumb. All these alien movies. And they probably want residuals. They're like, dude, we need we need a cut of all the money that you've made based on us. Yes. But but honestly, I do do you think that there's a in the realm of possibility, no and all joking aside, you think within the realm of possibility, there could be extraterrestrial life. Sure. I do think within the realm of possibility, there could be extraterrestrial life because we are not able to see every piece of planetary life there is out there, right? Like, I mean, we, for us, we know some of the planets can't sustain human life, but that doesn't mean it can't sustain like alien life. You know, maybe they have different requirements. Maybe they have different, you know, so I think, I think that like, Yes, there could be in the greater, you know, space universe, there definitely could be. And there's parts of the universe we haven't even made it to yet. You know, it scares me so much. I always have a panic attack before I go to bed because I'm like, how far does it go? (laughs) It's just it's too much. My peas, my small little pea brain can't (laughs) comprehend it. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, it's like the movie, the Sandra Bullock and George Clooney movie, remember? The one that was out, I guess it was like five or six years ago, maybe. 
where he sacrifices himself basically so she can live and he goes and floats off in this little thing huh, in space. No, 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 no. I saw that movie. Yeah. I felt like I was floating the whole time. But then but then this horrible incident that's happened. Oh, the, the submarine. Titanic. I mean, that is my I won't even get in an elevator because I feel claustrophobic to think mm-hmm. that you going 12,000 feet in a submarine. You can't say submarine. You got to say a. So, like a submerged submerged vehicle or something sub- yeah like submerged vehicle because it's uh-huh. apparently not a submarine but the fact that you're going twelve thousand feet with sna- they have snacks and water by the way they don't have food um and you can't there's no windows so you're looking at it through a remote control device which i i'm like just stay at the top and like get a video that goes down there like i just Ugh. i don't know and it was it's... i think it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go down for the day or whatever i just all of it is just a lot for me it's hard for my brain to comprehend it it's in and there's a father and son on there together actually they're pakistani like a father and son mm-hmm. billionaire uh family and like three or four other people and the oxygen supply is only 96 hours worth so that's coming up by the time this episode will air i think that today we'll know we'll know the day yeah that the air will be like um used up i think so it's really scary situation i was watching um some somebody on social media who was kind of going through all the scenarios of what might have happened and they're all terrible they're all terrible like yeah there's no good scenario unless they see them bobbing on the surface and they open they open it up but i just yeah Maybe, maybe you're just born a different way because, and maybe when you have so much money and you have so much access to everything, then Mm -hmm. you kind of lose, like we get dopamine from like having a good meal or Mm -hmm. getting first class tickets when we don't normally fly first class. So, you know, we get those rushes from things that are smaller because our world is smaller. And maybe when you're, when you have so much money you have access to so much and you've done so much that you don't get that dopamine rush as much. So you got to do things that are really far out your comfort zone to like feel that sort of high. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. And it's also, there's a little bit of that, like kind of daredevil, not really, you know, thinking that life can't catch up with you. I would assume, you know, like thinking living on the edge a little bit, right? Like, like, Mm -hmm you know, you can kind of push the limits without there being maybe repercussions, you know, like I would think that maybe that kind of plays into it a little bit too, because when you have access, like you're saying, you're able to kind of phone things in or like, if you need help with something, you know, it's, it's, you know, but I mean, I can guarantee you that those people on that, on that vehicle right now don't care about money at all. They're like, just get me out of here. You know, like they would gladly give up every single dollar they have to have their lives saved, you know? I know. And that's what it's really about. And that's why I talk about health so much is like, it's, 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 if you don't have health and you don't have safety, Mm -hmm. you kind of have like, you don't have Mm -hmm. anything, although money does help give you health and safety in so many ways and Mm -hmm. access to health and health care and the right, you know, food is so expensive in general and the healthier it is, the more expensive it is, which I find just completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what you mean. Like it's, it's money doesn't matter at this point. Like mm-hmm. they just, they just, ugh, I don't know. It, the, the, just thinking what they're thinking, like imagine mm. they're at the bottom of the ocean and they're caught on something ugh. and they're just sitting there knowing that, oxygen is 
it's not like a quick death, right? It's right. like four days or three days of just knowing that you're you're dying. Like, oh, yeah. I think it it speaks to so many people's fears um, about sort of suffering while uh, while you die. So yes, I mean that's that's awful to sit there and there's not there's no other distraction. I mean, you're just you know four or five people sitting there in a little tiny you know mm-hmm. basically like a tube, you know, like. With nothing, I mean, knowing that this is maybe the fate that you would have and just sitting there and talking, I mean, the conversations they must be, must have had or been having, you know, I mean, just talking about things that you would have never even imagined you would have spoken to about these people, you know, a week ago, you know, it's just, it's wild, but I, they were saying uh, they were going through some of the scenarios that might've happened. Now we don't know the scenario yet at this time of recording. So these are all just like hypotheses, but they said that one of the scenarios might have been that they had gotten caught in something, like yeah, caught in part of the, something. yeah, snagged on something, but that somehow maybe it might have ripped part of the 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 submersive vehicle off, so that it they would have because the pressure instant. would have been too much, yeah, an instant death. And the the guy that would had this TikTok said that's probably the most merciful way they could have gone because of the other two scenarios outside of that. If they're just down there and they slowly run out of oxygen, like you're saying, you know, then perish. Or they're even on, or they're on the top of the ocean ocean and and they can find them. Exactly. Or they're on the top of the ocean. Cause it's apparently there was some sort of a mechanism allegedly that would pop them back up to the surface if they got into an emergency. So that is too, could be a possibility. And they said, because it's bolted from the outside, the door that they can't open it from the inside. So they could be on the top of the ocean right now, seeing the sunlight, knowing that they still can't get out. I mean, Ugh. and then my question is, it's so expensive to do this. They don't have like a backup submarine or a submersive right. vehicle <laughs> like that can go in down there. Like it, this is the only one. I mean, they said, yeah, there are very few vehicles that can go down there. And, and even like, I think. So we've got U.S., Canada, um, France has joined in the search now. They're all trying to work together because nobody has these vehicles that can go down there. Because they said that what have ha- what might have happened, because they haven't located it yet, is that it might have fallen below the continental shelf. So it could even be like down at the bottom of the seabed. Yes. Like where like these vehicles can't really go below the continental shelf. I mean, that's like the deepest part of the ocean. Like there's nothing. Uh, I can't. I know. My brain is exploding. <laughs> they said two I and can't. My brain is exploding. <laughs> two and a half miles. I need to go, need to go back I, to my banana, banana bread and <laughs> decaf coffee. That's, I know. that's as far as I can deal right now. <laughs> it's too I'm much, gonna go right? Koalas. I'm going to go see koalas with my kids after this. Like oh. we're going to go hold them. I understand that. I can hold a koala. That makes sense to me. Okay. That's like, like- I just. That's a secret dream of mine is to like cuddle with a koala bear. They're they're very sharp claws and <gasps> they're they're like stoned because the gum leaves make them high. So <gasps> yeah. Oh, they're my kind of people. <laughs> yeah. Just so just like you on a regular Saturday. Just a regular Saturday, just chilling out in my tree, gumming around. I miss, I miss these episodes. We should do one a month because I have yes. so many things to talk about. And did you see Kat Sat uh Kat's Sadler oh, had a face yes. like 40, 48 yes. years old? 
I sure did. Maybe we can talk about that next time. Maybe we can mm-hmm. discuss that next time. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me was like, part of me was like, oh, that's too young. And then I was like, well, she looks great. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I know. It's like such a double edge. It's like, you don't want to encourage it, but at the same time, the results kind of spoke for themselves, right? Really good. No, you know? no, no. I, 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 I'm too, I'm so scared to get surgery that I wish I wasn't so scared because if I wasn't scared, I'd probably get stuff done. But, um, I don't know. I feel like there can be a combination of self-love and mm. fixing stuff that make that you want to, that makes yourself feel better. Like why, why do my boobs have to keep going lower? If I want them high, why can't I have them high? Yeah. And if you we color, I mean? if we color our hair, why can't we do our face? You know what I, I mean? mean? It's like... a little more drastic. <laughs> you mean the downtime is not the same? I mean, my hair color took an hour and a half yesterday, um, as opposed to like nine months of recovery, but sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just trying to write, isn't aren't we? Yeah. You know, she's know. getting, she's getting a lot of flack too, because people are like, because I guess, you know, added, if you add it all up, it's like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of surgery, but because she's doing a press tour about it, you know, talking to different outlets, she got it at a deeply discounted rate. So a lot of I people are mad about free. that. That I Right? For free, for free probably. Certain. Right? Yeah. But I'm people are certain. mad about that. They're like, oh, well, now she, you know, she's getting it for free. So that's not fair. And I don't know. I feel like, yeah, people but, are just happy. But I think that every job has perks, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is just a wild perk. You know, some people's jobs, they get first class everywhere in the world because right. they're um, travel bloggers just, or yeah, something. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, not even yeah. that, but just like they work for Amex and right. they have to travel back and forth to Singapore or whatever it is. And so they've got all these points. And so, you know, they can now travel the world for free because they have all these points. I just mm-hmm. I think every job has perks. This is an right. interesting, weird job. And that's just a perk of hers. But I mm-hmm. think it triggers a lot of people because it's probably a perk that we all would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that every job doesn't have those perks. I mean, yeah. n- uh, not to that extent, but some type of perk, you know? So yeah, I think that, I don't know, people get frustrated and angry that people do things again. It's just mm-hmm. an own conversation about your own internal struggle. Like yeah. it just is you've graded on something that someone doesn't like about themselves or someone's mad about. And I, I get every now and then a, a rage hate text and mm-hmm. I used to get really offended. And now I'm just like, Ooh, that that's something's unless it's constructive criticism and I'll always take that on. But if it's not, I'm just like, oh, that person's hurting. Like, yeah, they're suffering in their own uh, sense of judgment and, you know, whatever mental health. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you're right. If it strikes a chord with somebody, it's usually you can trace it back to like whatever struggle they're going through, you know, but I don't, you know what? I don't necessarily, I mean, I, you know what, if she wanted to do it, to do it and she feels good about herself, I'm like, go for it. You know, I mean, she did say, she did say that she did it for herself. She did say like, she didn't do it. Um, Cause I think a lot of people's maybe first reaction is, well, she's a public person, you know, she's been on TV, she's done the whole, you know, she was like a, a big, you know, person on E, like a big talent there. And so I think a lot of people's reaction was, oh, well, she's doing it because of the industry, right? Like, because mm-hmm. she she's a public person and she's on, you know, TV or she has her, you know, like her social media and all that stuff. Um, what do you think about that when people say that? Do you think that it truly was for herself? 
Well, I think it's always for yourself because you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. But I think that to negate the fact that and maybe she doesn't know it consciously, maybe it's a subconscious thing, but to negate the fact that you are in the public eye and I'm in the public eye and we're in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't grate on you at some point when everyone that you're interviewing or speaking to or you're in a world that is like beauty and youth. And if mm -hmm. you think that that doesn't rub off on you in some way, then then I think that that's um it's not probably honest to look within yourself and go like, why do I feel this way? I felt way more um, upset about what I looked like getting older in Los Angeles because mm -hmm. a lot of focus in Los Angeles and Hollywood is what you look like. And I would get really down and sort of that it was a very fertile environment for me to feel um, uh just unsatisfied with my face and body. Mm -hmm. uh, when I left LA, I did not feel that as much. I don't really think about it as much. So to negate that fact, I think she's probably not being truly honest to like the real reality of what she, like what she lives in. But again, she might not know that. I think a lot of our beliefs are subconscious beliefs and she might not consciously know that. But yes, of course it's for yourself, but being in that type of industry is going to put more pressure on you, regardless if you believe it or not. That was my thought. Cause I was like, well, you know, I, I do think like you're saying she did do it for herself, obviously, but I do think there is some weight of the fact that she is in the entertainment business and is on camera. Like, I, I wonder, Oh, if she was like, you know, living in the Midwest, like in a small town, like, would she have done this at this age? Maybe she would have done it in 10 years or maybe she would have done it right. in 15 years, but to like do it at this age, I don't know. I feel like there was, there is some bearing the fact that she is in the entertainment business and is a public person and is on camera, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, she might not be aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, but on that note, I'm booking my facelift. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can we get a twofer? <laughs> Wait, are you going to celebrate my birthday when I get to LA? <gasps> yes, girl. See me. We're going to do a big old birthday for the birthday girl. How many Can candles? Can you plan it then? How many? Yes. How many candles do you want us to put on the cake? 34. <laughs> okay. And I know it's going to be a gluten-free vegan cake. Uh, I'll eat eggs. I'll eat eggs. <laughs> All right. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll do but you're gonna you didn't know this, but we're going to Bali. Oh, wait, I think I thought you it was Europe. It was Europe until I had to be in Australia for work. And like Europe is 24 <laughs> hours from here. <laughs> so we're going to Bali and the villas are, oh, my goodness. They're <gasps> so beautiful. And oh. we have like a private chef <gasps> and we which which it's, it's not very expensive um, in Bali to get a private chef or a masseuse or anything like that. So we have you know, all the things. If you want to come to Bali, you're more Ooh. than welcome. <laughs> Bali, Bali will be fun. I think you would, I think you'd really love it. I think it's, it's going to be beautiful. So, Oh, that's so, I mean, I've always wanted to go there. I've heard amazing things. Yeah. Amazing. Great. things. But if yes. you don't come, you have to plan my birthday. So tell Jamie. <sighs> yes. We'll get, we'll get on it. We'll have all the, the naked stripper men coming out of the cake for you. What else do you want? <laughs> and by naked stripper, you mean David. Yeah, exactly. He's pretty inexpensive these days. Yeah. He's free. He's free. He's free. He's free. He's free. He's free. <laughs> Well, Roxy, I love talking to you. I should go yes. take my kids to the koala sanctuary. Oh, I'm so jealous. Um, Give those koalas a hug for me, please. I will. I hope they don't I scratch my eyeballs out. But 
But if they do, remember you're going into their habitat, not the other way around. That's it. Oh my God, you sound like my husband. Don't go into the water because it's the shark's habitat. Yeah. And it's your fault if you get bitten totally. it's where they live. Totally. You know my theory. Yeah. You're like, meh. I'm like, well, you I will fall. speak to you. Okay. I'll speak to you like in a in a day. Yes. Speak to you. We have some more more pods Fun coming up. Recordings. So okay, Roxy Soxy. All right, um, love. You guys can find us on Woman on Top Official on Instagram. <gasps> and Women on Top Podcast on Facebook and Women on Top Official on TikTok. TikTok. Yes. And I'm Tabitha yes. Sock. And I am a Roxy Manning. And we are <gasps> women, women on, on-